Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians told media that Mike Evans will not be playing Friday against the Cleveland Browns in their Week 3 preseason matchup. Evan Winter is with me to react to that news and to bring you the best wide receiver and tight end fantasy football advice the Locked On Bucks podcast can bring you coming up in just a moment. Guys, your parents don't pack your lunches anymore, but you still need to eat. Have your favorite restaurants brought to you with DoorDash. Brown paper bag not included. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,000 cities, so you might find a new favorite. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back into the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am David Harrison, your host for today's episode, joined as always on Thursdays by Evan Winter, both of us from BucksNation.com. You can find me on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. You can find Evan on Twitter at Evan underscore Winter find all of us both of us over at bucks nation at bucks underscore nation of course you can follow the show at locked on bucks evan of course we're here to talk fantasy football and specifically we're going to be talking fantasy football wide receivers and tight ends but first a bit of bucks news to drop and well not really drop but react to uh today as bruce arians of course delivered some news that bucks fans aren't necessarily gonna be happy to hear and uh before we move any further let's let's hear from the man himself other than the guys who have been out, everybody else should be a game time decision. Um, Devontae, Vita, those guys who have been out will not play in this ball game. Mike Evans will not play in this ball game. The rest of them will be game time decisions. Is Evans more of a precautionary thing or is there concern over? No, he's injured. All right, Evan. In uh, typical Bruce Arians fashion, it took him all of 18 combined seconds to deliver some some not so good news to uh, to Bucks fans and and the media and everything today. So, what are your what are your initial thoughts on on the the, uh, the news that Mike Evans isn't going to not only play on Friday, but the fact that he's out not because it's precautionary, but because he's injured? Yeah, it's not good. Obviously, it's your best player on offense, uh, best player arguably on the team. So, just hope it's nothing major, and just be glad that it happened right now and not you know week one or two of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm right there with you. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not going to breach into like panic mode. Yeah. Just yet. Do that. Yeah. Um, there, there's plenty of time left in the preseason, but to hear Coach Arian say, you know, matter of factly, no, he's, he's injured. This isn't precautionary. He's injured. You always go back to the whole, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're hurt, you can play football if you need to. We just don't need you to. But if you're injured, then it means you, you can't go, period. Like you're physically unable to play the game of football at this point. But even that, I mean, I almost wonder sometimes if, if, designating a guy as injured versus hurt and we're holding him out is even a little bit different in, in the preseason. You know what I mean? Like if this was regular season, would he still be injured? Uh, quote unquote. But, you know, it sucks for, for fans who are hoping to see kind of a bigger, more complete version of the Buccaneers offense on, on Friday night against Cleveland Browns. Obviously you're not going to get that, but a little bit of, of a side effect to this whole thing. And I want to get your answer real quick on this before we hit fantasy wide receivers, just because it kind of blends in nicely. Obviously, there's a wide receiver battle going on. 
for Friday night at least, right? Chris Godwin moves up to wide receiver one. Rashad Perryman to number two. I guess Justin Watson, maybe Bobo Wilson. I don't know to, to wide receiver three. I don't know how impactful who you see on the on the field the first time is really going to be as far as the final roster decisions are concerned. But of the depth guys, kind of fighting for positions, which which guy do you think this this moving up, this getting you know Mike Evans not being in there, so kind of moving everybody up the chain a little bit. Who is this going to help the most? Well, it's funny you say that because I actually wrote a piece that came out today about if asking whether or not Justin Watson needed to step up based off of Arian's comments the other day saying that um, he had not absolutely not had the fourth receiver spot locked up. And one of our readers, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, actually left a really good idea in the comment section. And he said, put Justin Watson in Mike Evans' spot on Friday night um, and then interchange everybody else out in that fourth receiver position because Evans is arguably the most replicate or the the closest version of Mike Evans. You know, he's 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, he can run a 4'4". Mike Evans isn't that fast, but he's 6'5", 230. So, honestly, I think it could help out Justin Watson more than anything. Um, he's kind of slumped since the first week of preseason or since the first week of training camp when I was down there. Um, hasn't really done much in the last two games outside of drawing the defensive pass interference call against the Dolphins that led to the first touchdown. So, I really think it could help him out big time. But just in terms of guys who are on the bubble, um, if they do decide to do that and they interchange people out at the fourth and fifth spots, I think honestly it's going to help out Scotty Miller more than anything because we haven't seen him in pads. And I feel like once Bruce Arians um, sees him in pads and what he can do on the field, then that's going to automatically lock up that spot for uh, Scotty Miller. If it's successful, it definitely could. Yeah, Scotty Miller is is a name that came to mind, uh, especially, I mean, Depending on how healthy he is, you know, he, he this is his first week of practice in, in in a long time. So depending on how healthy he really is and how how much he can really go, I mean, we might see you know Brashad Perryman, Chris Godwin out there, kind of as your outside guys, and then Bobo and Scotty getting some slot work. Uh, so definitely a possibility there. And yeah, Justin Watson was a guy that uh, that that came to my mind as well. Like you said, physically is most comparable to to Mike Evans. Uh, Talent wise, obviously he's not there. But this could be an opportunity, you know, if the coaches decide to run him out there, um, it could be an opportunity for him to show that he could, in a pinch, at least provide a solid option, you know, not an elite option, but a solid option that they could lean on. Moving forward, if this Mike Evans injury turns out to be something more serious or if it's, you know, if it flares up later and even if he only needs to take a series or two off, it would be good to know that as a, as a coaching staff that you have another big wide receiver who can go out there and can make some plays for you in a pinch if need be. So uh, good stuff, Evan. But let's move into other wide receivers, mainly probably not Buccaneers, specific wide receivers. But we're going to talk fantasy football. <laughs> not, anymore. We're talk- not, not anymore, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to talk wide receivers. We're going to talk tight ends today as well. And we're going to start it off. We're, we're doing we're doing our top guys. We're doing our most underrated guys, our most overrated guys. Uh, and our and our guys that we're just not touching, uh, at least where they're at, if not at all. Uh, let's start with uh, wide receivers. Evan, who's your who's your top wide receiver in this year's fantasy football board? It's easy, assuming you know everybody stays healthy and plays all sixteen games. It's got to be Julio Jones. Um, as I mentioned with Matt Ryan last week, I know this is probably killing a lot of the Bucks fans out there. But um, as I mentioned last week, thirteen to sixteen games playing indoors this year. I mean, that's just huge for a team that's dome oriented, like the Falcons are. Uh, has Cutter coming back, who just loves to air it out. Um, now I am worried. 
towards the end of last year, uh, Jones started to be utilized more in the red zone. Um, we know how Cutter likes to do things in the red zone, so I am still a little, little worried about how many touchdowns he's going to score this year. But t- in terms of since we're doing full point PPR, that's the style of scoring we're doing. In terms of P- uh, receptions and yards, he's going to rack it up every single week. I mean, you just can't stop the guy. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something to, to emphasize. I think you know when we talk about our rankings, we are definitely talking about playing in in PPR leagues. I mean, I think honestly, most most often now that is your quote unquote standard league. I think standard scoring has has kind of gone the way of the dodo bird a little bit. Um, Julio is definitely a guy. When I was when I was looking at the wide receiver board, I mean, Julio is definitely a guy who who could make an argument towards the end of the season to being that top fantasy wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins obviously is there. Michael Thomas is is always good. And I know Devontae Adams has a lot of hype being carried from last season into this season. But like you said, playing on a dome team, dirt cutter coming back. You know, we covered it when when we talked about Matt Ryan. You know, some of the best years Ryan has had in his career were under Dirk Cutter. And if Matt Ryan is having a career year or a resurgent year, then it, it just goes to to make sense that Julio Jones, his favorite target, will probably also have a little bit of a of an uptick there as well. So we're gonna move to me. I got the top tight end, and I mean, I think that's a simple answer as well. It's got to be Travis Kelsey, right? I think Zach Ertz is a competitive number two, but I think really at the end of the day, you're still gonna lean with Travis Kelsey and with Patrick Mahomes and even someone like me who I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is probably going to come down to earth a little bit more. I think his interceptions are going to go up. His touchdowns are going to come down. And some of the things that he did last year, teams are going to be better prepared for, better better equipped to uh, to combat that. And I think that's going to make a difference. But any young quarterback, especially one that likes to run, they like big targets. Tight ends are usually big. Travis Kelsey is big, and he knows how to get open. He knows how to make plays for his quarterback. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes, honestly, like you talk about no look passes. If that dude is scrambling in a pinch, he'll literally just throw the ball to where Travis Kelsey is supposed to be by play design and trust that Kelsey's going to find a way to come down with it. So I think Travis Kelsey, until he's unseated by somebody on the actual scoreboards, I think he's still tied in number one moving forward. No, I got to agree with you. Uh, and Zach Ertz, I can't remember exactly where I read it, but they said they're going to, his role is going to be diminished a little bit um, this year. So, and plus, I think, didn't he catch? He caught a ton of passes last year. I can't remember exactly how many, but um, yeah, I'm right there with you. George Kittle don't really don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be doing this year. I um, mean, even though Kittle proved last year, it doesn't really matter who's back there. He's still going to make plays. But um, and then OJ Howard is really the only one that I could see if he stays healthy for all 16 games, challenging Kelsey for that top spot. But overall, I think you got it with the top with him at the top spot. I would love to see OJ Howard challenge Travis Kelsey for that. Yeah, that'd be great, man. That'd be something else. Yeah. So let's stick with tight ends, though, Evan. And uh, let's get to a guy who's maybe underrated, a guy who's getting drafted maybe a little bit lower than they deserve to be. Or, or, you know, I mean, we can call them value picks, guys that you can draft later that are going to provide you value much more uh, significant than your draft capital. Oh, it's easily Delaney Walker for the Titans. Um, He's right now on Fantasy Pros. He's going 12th as the 12th tight end. That's an absolute steal if you can get that for get him for that uh, pick number. Let's see, one twenty nine. So you're talking tenth round or later. Um, before his injury last year, he finished second amongst all tight ends in 2015. He finished fourth or fifth amongst tight ends uh, in 2016, and he finished fourth amongst tight ends in 2017. So. 
I mean, the dude's an absolute stud, top five tight end. Um, yes, he did break his leg last year, but he caught a touchdown last week against the New England, pa- New England Patriots. All the reports around here in Nashville are saying that he's right back to being himself. And it's crazy because he's a little older. He's over he's over 30. And usually around this time, you start to see these skills diminish. But it looks like this guy keeps just getting stronger and stronger every year. I could definitely see uh, Delaney Walker, you know, bringing him back. A higher value than than people draft him at, especially if they if they take that shot at him. What are the chances Ryan Tannehill takes a starting job for Marcus Mariota? Uh, it doesn't happen unless Mariota gets hurt, obviously, or Mariota just can't get the job done, and that's going to be well into the season before the Titans decide to do that. Uh, they've got a first. Uh, tough four games um, coming out of the stretch. They've got Cleveland and they've got Indianapolis and they've got Atlanta. And I want to say they have Houston in week or in week four. Um, But regardless, they've got it rough, man. And if he doesn't get it done, you know, I could see them, you know, putting him down after week four or five, something like that. But right now all this junk y'all hear about, um, Tannehill, you know, possibly starting week one. It's a bunch of garbage. It's, there's no way that's happening. Okay. But unless, either way, not, unless injury. Injury is the yeah. only thing that would allow that to happen. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, I think either way, whether it's whether it's Marcus or whether it's Ryan there at quarterback for the Titans, I think tight end is definitely going to be a player that they need to rely on. And a veteran like that, even coming off injury, is always going to be valuable. So good pick there, Evan. Um, my underrated wide receiver is Detroit Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones. Right now, he's being drafted as wide receiver 38, which isn't even good enough to be your third wide receiver option. And he's being drafted at the 97th pick overall, uh, barely squeaking in there to pick 100. And I will tell you, like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to kind of, I'm not going to say Marvin Jones should be a wide receiver one or even like top 20, but I think he's going to flirt at least with wide receiver two numbers, if not get into that top 24. Uh, I was listening to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. You know, Paige Demakos has been on our show a lot. We love her and everything that Jamie and and Jake do over there. That podcast, those are those are well well versed, uh, very smart fantasy minds over there. And I'll tell you that Jamie Eisner believes Marvin Jones is going to outscore Galladay this year. Uh, and wow, if that's really? The, yeah, yeah. And it, don't get me wrong; it's one of his bold predictions, so it's bold. Um, but if he's even going to come close, like if Marvin Jones is even going to come close to outscoring Galladay, he's getting he's getting near or at wide receiver two numbers. So if you get yeah, this guy at wide receiver thirty eight, and you pretty much, I mean, like I said, even if he doesn't eclipse Galladay, even if he gets close to Galladay, you're talking wide receiver twenty five ballpark range. Um, so to get that kind of a guy at wide receiver thirty eight, ninety seventh pick overall in your draft, I think would be a big steal. So he's my underrated guy. Yeah, I mean, I wanted him uh, pretty badly last year coming off that 1,000-yard season into 2017 and like nine touchdowns or something like that. Um, but I didn't get him last year, and it ended up working out for the best. But, he, I mean, dude, he's a, he's a deep threat. Um, he can catch it over the middle. I mean, the dude can do a lot. He's really – you're right. He is really one of the more underrated receivers in the league. All right, Evan, so let's flip it. Let's Well, let's keep it to the wide receivers, but let's flip it to the other side of the coin. Who's getting drafted too high or who's overrated in fantasy football uh, terms at wide receiver for you? Oh, it kills me to say this, but, man, I had a tough time deciding between these two, but ultimately I'm going with them, and it has nothing to do with the injury but Mike Evans. Um, I just feel at number eight right now, I don't know necessarily if 
he's going to be able to duplicate the numbers he had last year. This offense is going to be spreading the ball around a lot more. Um, it's not going to be isolating Evans a lot like it did, like Cutter had going on last year. You know, I mean, Jameis is supposedly going to be better, be making better decisions. He's going to be checking down the ball more. He's not going to be looking for that home run shot. Um, and then I even read uh, through one of PFF's guys uh, the other day on Twitter. Um, I can't remember the name right off the top of my head. I want to say Scott Barrett for some reason. Um, he did had this whole long thread going on about how Jameis, the Jameis to Mike Evans connection uh, isn't really that successful. And while you're talking, I'll look up the um, the thread real quick. But uh, but he actually had Godwin pegged as having a better year, which I tend to almost agree with that, especially in terms of fantasy football. But I think Mike Evans finishes just outside the top ten this year. Um, obviously, you don't want that picking a guy at the – uh, the number eight spot in terms of um, position grouping. So, like I said, it was a toss-up between him and Juju Smith-Schuster because um, he's getting taken sixth right now, according to Fantasy Pros. But I got to go with Mike, man. It, it, it pains me to say that. Like, my heart hurts right now. Well, we praise you for your your lack of bias. How about that? Yeah, I try. I try. Your impartiality is showing up. And, and, that, and that's great. I think I hope that's why people come here, uh, at least for this episode every week, is to get honest feedback. Listen, I love Mike. I think you love Mike. I think everybody related to the Buccaneers loves Mike Evans. There's really, I don't know, if you hate Mike Evans, uh, I, I want to I see the dirt that you have on him because nobody else has it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what you say has has a ring of truth to it, and there is a possibility that he's going to finish out that t- outside that top five uh, and, and, and creep towards that top ten receiver spot, which top ten is obviously still good, but when we're talking about overrated or overdrafted, we're talking about draft value, right? And where you're drafting Mike Evans, you're not expecting to get far edge of wide receiver one numbers. You're looking to get that top five value uh, out of that uh, out of a player of his caliber. And I go back to last year, and even a little bit in 2017, we heard comments that kind of they didn't necessarily directly come out and say, but we heard comments from coaches. We heard comments from Jameis Winston from time to time where it's yes, I try, like I'm trying to get. Mike Evans going early. I'm trying to get the ball to Deshaun Jackson. And what bothered me about that is we're stepping onto the field of play with a quarterback or with a coach or with a system, whatever you want to call it, that's saying, I need to put the ball over here versus what everybody always says, right? The cliche, take what the defense can give you. Um, already in this offseason, this preseason training camp period, I've already heard Jameis Winston make reference to getting the open guy. I've already heard Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich talk about Who are we going to target? We're going to target the guy who's open. So what you're doing is you're letting the defense dictate who we're going to throw to. We can throw to anybody. Who do you want to gas you on this play? If you leave OJ single covered against a a smaller DB, we'll take that OJ completion. If you double Mike Evans to leave Chris Godwin open, we'll take Chris Godwin all day. And I think that could be a situation we find ourselves in uh, concerning the Buccaneers where Mike Evans obviously is the marquee player. He's going to get a lot of attention. And if the defense, by giving Evans a lot of attention, leaves some of these other targets open and available, and the amount that we've seen these running backs getting involved in the passing game during practice and training camp, uh, Mike Evans, stat-wise and obviously fantasy-wise, could definitely be in for a little bit of a letdown season uh, overall. Certainly enough, I found those stats real quick, just real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. He said, okay, so Jameis, when targeting Chris Godwin – 60.8% 60.8% completion, 9.05 yards per attempt, 5.2% uh, touchdown um, rate, 3.1% interception rate, 94.8 passer rating. When targeting Mike Evans, 
56.4% completion rate, 8.49 yards per attempt. So he's actually um, not throwing as deep to Evans as he is Godwin. 4.6% touchdown intercept or touchdown rate, 4.4 interception rate for an 81.4 passer rating. Yeah, kind of speaks for itself. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how it happens. Right. So, I mean, it, it just kind of depends. If you can get Mike Evans, you know, Later towards the end of the second round, I mean, I, I don't see him getting to the third round, honestly, just from name alone. But uh, just just keep an eye on that value of where you're drafting him and just be, kind of be aware of that situation. Overrated tight ends, overdrafted tight ends. I went with Evan Ingram from the New York Giants. Uh, he's getting drafted at, at tight end five uh, overall. He's getting drafted about 58th overall. And That's I just, crazy. yeah, my, my big concern is what weapons do the New York Giants have outside of Saquon Barkley? And Evan Ingram to the sense that he is a weapon. He's a good tight end, good young tight end. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at the problems that Saquon Barkley is expected to face coming up this season, Evan Ingram faces similar type problems. That is a stacked box because as a tight end, you're not. I mean, there will be times I'm sure the Giants will split him out wide, got and all that stuff. But for the most part, he's going to be playing in line or he's going to be playing in a slot alignment. And he's going to be facing a stacked box because these defenses right now don't have anything to worry about on the perimeter. As far as I can see, Golden Tate isn't the Golden Tate that he used to be. And we, and we all know about the saga with the rest of the wide receiver group this, this offseason. So until I see a New York Giants offense that I'm convinced Evan Ingram is even going to be able to find ways to get through traffic over the middle of the field, uh, he's just not a guy I can justify taking that high. And unfortunately, we're not going to see the complete New York Giants offensive package until week one of the NFL season. And if you're drafting your fantasy league by then, then uh, I'd say you're probably not doing this correctly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, daily value and all that stuff. We'll get into that during the regular season. But daily value, yes, even Evan Ingram will bring your kind of your daily, your weekly draft uh, value here and there. But if you're talking season long drafts where you're drafting the preseason for the entire season, I just can't justify taking them that high. So if you if you see him sitting there at, you know, pick 70, 75, maybe uh, probably take a flyer on him because he does have some upside. He's a talented kid. But uh, tight end number five, 58th overall. Nah, I just I just can't do it. No, I, yeah, fifth is just absolutely crazy. Um, I'm actually surprised though that they didn't have OJ Howard behind him. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they if they had. I think OJ's climbed a little bit. I'm sticking with tight ends though, Evan. Uh, this is the the bad part of the show. Who who are we not touching from the tight end group this year? Uh, Austin Hooper. I don't understand what's going on with that. Um, I think there's some stat I saw the other day. It was, I think, uh, the majority of his yards. I can't remember the exact percentage. It was a pretty overwhelming percentage, though. It came in like three games last year. Just there's no use. He's nowhere near the tight end that uh, O.J. Howard or Cam Brate are. He's not Tony Gonzalez because that's who the Falcons had when Cutter was um, the offensive coordinator down there. So, I just I, – I don't know. I just don't even really have words for it. Honestly, just don't draft Austin Hooper, especially for the 11th tight end. That means he's going to be a tight end one. That is definitely not going to happen. So just save save it for the waiver wire once the draft's over if you get desperate or if you drafted two kickers for some stupid reason or something. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> all right, my do not draft wide receiver – is 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 a guy who it, it pains me to say it, bro. It's it's Antonio Brown. I don't blame you. I don't blame I'm, you at I'm, all. I am not touching that dude. And honestly, man, like when we first started doing these, right, uh, for this season, Antonio Brown's draft position, his average draft position was much higher than it is right now. 
right, right. now currently on on Fantasy Pros, he's the ninth wide receiver being drafted, and he's being drafted on average at around pick twenty two, so towards the end of the second round, and that's an insane. When you look at talent alone, that's insanity. You know what I mean? Like a guy yeah. as, ta- as talented as Antonio Brown is, no way this dude should be sitting on the board towards the end of the second round. I'm looking at him like I draft third in my money league. And I mean, so you're talking about the possibility of me having uh, Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Brown on my draft. And then I've got the turn coming up where I've got another pick, you know, five or six picks later. That's great. Most years, I would say that's crazy. There's no way that's going to happen this year. It could very much happen and I'll pass on him. Obviously, it's not a talent thing, man. That dude just scares the crap out of me. And I know that, you know, Coach Gruden came out and said, oh, he's back. He's in the new helmet and, you know, he's practicing and, and all this other stuff. Got it. Fantastic, dude. Listen, week one, Antonio Brown, Brown goes out there and gets concussed. And this thing is coming right back up all <laughs> over the game. You know what I mean? Or, I don't know, week two and he misses a pass that he normally would have caught and it's the helmet. Or, you know, I, I mean, who knows with this guy, man. Um, so this dude just terrifies me. I suppose if he's there again in the fourth round when my pick comes back, uh, sure, I'll take a flyer on him, but that's really sad to say. But I'm not drafting him anywhere near the top two rounds of this of this draft. If you're drafting him in the third round, then I hope you know you you. Yeah, I don't. I honestly can't even justify a third round pick on him, to be to be quite honest with you right now. Uh, the dude just yeah. That's how much all of this stuff combined with what happened last year. Uh, when you whenever you have a top tier wide receiver just walking away from his team, um, and then getting drafted. By another team and then and then pulling this crap like this is not a guy who's got uh, a team at the forefront of his mind just just at all um, so I'm not obviously. putting him on my team yeah obviously not and it's just think about this real quick if this was going into last year based off of just how everything's following falling and depends on how comfortable or how confident you feel Melvin Gordon returning you know Zeke returning all that stuff you could have somebody who goes out there and rolls the dice in your fantasy draft and ends up with, like, let's say Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon, and possibly Zeke all on their team, just depending on, like I said, how risky they want to get. And, I mean, dude, if if all of those situations were to kind of just solve themselves out, you know, obviously outside of Julio, he well, he's a little hurt right now. But um, outside of that, just imagine how stacked that team would be. Especially last year, though. Just imagine being going into that position last year. Oh yeah, no, oh, most definitely. That's it's interesting how how life takes shape, right? Uh, involving these things. It's a new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Oakland Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the New York Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. But one thing hasn't changed, and that is that my bookie is the place to bet on football. Every weekend, my bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. Period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least one hundred thousand dollars, and it only costs one hundred dollars to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Right now, you can double your first deposit with a first deposit bonus worth up to $1,000. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim your bonus. You bet. You win, you get paid. 
Evan, that's going to wrap up to this week's fantasy episode. Uh, tell the good people. I know you've got a lot of things happening over at Bucks Nation, so tell the good people what you've got coming for them. We've got actually three things to watch for coming out probably Friday because I'm going to do um, a little quick post about this uh, probably for tomorrow. Um, I'm sure Gil will run that and run the three things on Friday. Next week, though, I've got a really cool piece coming out where I, I reached out to – or. It was kind of vice versa. It was kind of hand in hand. Um, I reached out to a bunch of Bucks fans. They reached back out to me. Uh, Bucks fans from all over the country are going to be giving their perspective on an outlook for the 2019 season. Um, they're going to include some some player expectations in there as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we as a family, the Bucks Nation family, will be having our 2019. Um, predictions vault piece coming out and that's where we take certain over under props and we'll all give a couple sentences explaining why we think a certain player is going to go over or under the certain mark and so on and so forth and then after that it's prediction time baby because (laughs) football will be here oh yeah oh yeah lots of good stuff and then of course i've got uh, my my five players to watch heading into the game against cleveland browns will be coming out uh, before the game as well and james and i will be back tomorrow to do our final preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Cleveland Browns week three preseason matchup, quote unquote, dress rehearsal. Uh, find everything that Evan and I are doing over at Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation. Of course, find Evan at his podcast as well, the North and South podcast hosted by Bucks Nation. Find Evan on Twitter at Evan underscore winner. Find me on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. Follow the show at Locked On Bucks. And if you haven't already, go ahead and shoot in your thoughts on fantasy football on what you want to see after the game let us know what you saw anything you really want to talk about drop it in the voicemail at 813-444-5841 have a very good thursday and james and i will be back tomorrow to talk to you again thanks so much for joining us right here at locked on buck it's just a fantasy